0: Well folks, we come in on some Monday mornings and do our pre-market, pre-pre-market show. Discuss what's going on and sometimes we have so much we know we're not going to get through it. Today's not one of those days. It's quiet out there. Thursday Friday rally dealing with the 4K level. We'll talk some earnings, some chicken earnings, one interest interesting analyst rating. We'll talk about the continued rotation, healthcare coming back a little bit today. Good thing we have the Quastinator on at 835 to set us up for this week's options expiration. Mitch, bring the people what they want. Good morning, uh investing world. uh and is less than a 20 point range. We're down twelve and a half handles at thirty nine eighty seven seventy five. I think we got a battle for four thousand going here. I really think that that's gonna be for the next couple days. Can we get over 4 k, build a little base over four k and then work our way up forty one hundred maybe forty one seventy five was that high on that uh, CPI day back in September. The buck is roaring back after a couple bad days, up 88 cents at 107.04. Uh, not much considering how much it came down. Uh, t- uh, TLT down 53 cents, 97.36. Gold backing off, down a buck o three eighty seven ninety five 387.95. Uh, gold down 7.20, but not much compared to what it did last week. That's at 1762.40. Silver was weak on Friday too. Weak again today, down almost eight cents at 21.59. Uh, Bitcoin, after getting down to that critical level, down to fifteen two, we got our new line in the sand. Back up, up two hundred seventy dollars to sixteen thousand three twenty. Ethereum futures they're up nineteen dollars and fifty cents at twelve twenty nine. So let's bring in our triple D, and he could tell us about. Uh, well, there probably wasn't much after hours on Friday, huh? Was there any fireworks after hours on Friday, or is that too far do you remember? Um...
2: Hard to remember. I mean, long <laughs> weekend, lots going on, trying to figure it out. I'm still stuffy from COVID from two months ago. Um, Tell us about the snow. I don't know. Tell
0: us about the snow at your house.
2: Uh, well, you can show the picture. I did a little picture, Mitch, if you want to show from my Twitter feed. I could turn the yeah, camera get that. but then you'd probably see my you'd see my pajama pants and everything so i'm not gonna do that but we've got about we got about three inches last night lots of fun november 14th let's get smoked you know so there's some snow out there there's some snow out there i'll take another picture i'll tweet it out there today but Mitch wants to show i did tweet a little picture when the festivities were starting last night so it started coming down around maybe eight o'clock last night so three inches supposed to snow you can show my 10-day forecast if you want to, Mitch. I tweeted out two pictures. The 10-day forecast, too, in the area is pretty interesting because calls for snow for every day except one. I'm like, what the is hell it, are we January? Is it's it ridiculous. this picture? I'm in the North Pole. Is it this one? Let's see it. Which one? Oh, yeah, yeah. no, this is just the market. <laughs> this is just the market. Don't worry about that's that smarter, picture, you know. No. I know that's what we that just one. did. Like, we just bobbed up. It's so right. <laughs> Don't worry about that yeah. one. We're and talking about this picture. There you go. <laughs> that's the snow yeah, there's there my front go. porch hey front I, porch I, finally done we just finished up the front porch so house is pretty much done now but yeah it's good see man the looks good falling that's what's happening here and then go to the next go to the 10-day forecast the oh the 10 days this is what i'm in store for here oh, you are in gosh. georgian bay welcome to georgian bay that doesn't <laughs> seem too bad that doesn't seem so Joel do shakes his head. He's like, "Why in the hell would you build your house up here?" The, the only the thing wall? is, do your kids
1: take snowmobiles to school? That's what I have. They will. To ask.
2: They will <laughs> one day. They're a little yeah, bit young. Yeah, just snowmobiles to They're school. They're a little bit young for that, but they will. That's coming. <laughs>
0: yeah, because I don't one know. Thing, everybody's got sleds
2: up here. Everybody's just, got sleds up here.
1: Yeah, the school bus ain't getting there.
0: <laughs> one no, thing well, I
2: miss actually, about uh, no, believe it or not, in my town. Yeah, they don't have a lot of snow days. School bus drivers are just better drivers. They drive. Like, there's three inches of snow on the road today. There's The buses are driving. So there's no, like, there's no, up here, they're used to winter. Like, I mean, I remember, like, you know, when you're in Windsor, Windsor, Detroit, you get six inches of snow, and everybody's like, oh, it's a blizzard. And up here, they call it Monday. (laughs) So if you had a snow day every time we got six inches of snow, nobody would ever do anything. So different world up here, man. You got to like the snow.
0: I uh, one Anyways, thing I missed, no, from the no more floor snow was uh, the, the snow futures, uh, they used to uh, what make a market in in snow and how much snow you would have in Chicago in a year. I don't know how this guy yet he kept track of it, uh, but there was a two sided market and Some uh, you know, futures. you had to put money in, you know, one inches, two inches, whatever the market was, you know, bids and offers. Uh, but that that also that in the 13 run pool. Have you ever been in a 13 run pool? No, I don't even know what that is. It's uh, during the baseball season. like you get whatever. There's 26 teams, probably are, more are now. Are degenerate
1: uh,
2: gambler Joel? You,
0: you know, you put in, you put well, in like
2: a gambler. Yes, he really is.
0: <laughs> yeah, Joel gambles
2: gambler. on everything. Like, yeah, everything yeah, on the
1: the that's what yeah He's on. He likes Jamble. it. He enjoys it. He gets it going. Gets the everything. That's that's you know, that's, you know when you're one of the best handicappers
0: of horses in you know in the nation at the age seven. Attend you know it tends to happen, but it tends to get boring. Yeah, you know. But the- I could tell you, I I don't have one DraftKings account. I don't have one Penn. Not Deeming yet. Account. Wait till nah. I get up there.
1: I'm gonna get Joe on it. Nah, I don't bet <laughs> <I don't laughs> like sports to do- either. Elimination. I, I don't either. Elimination You guys pulls. are missing out, all right. but all right. Let's get into Stocks. it. I really
2: digress here. We seven minutes in. We haven't even let's talked to stock yet. Let's do AMD.
1: Let's do AMD because yeah, I want AMD, AMD oh to God. come out with a robotic snow shoveler. That's that's what Dennis needs. Chips. Definitely
2: chips and everything. Chips for everyone. This is the it. The chips so. got
1: bought up, and that definitely happened on Friday last mm-hmm. week. And I had a question yeah. on Friday. You know, was it going to be growth? Was it going to be value moving higher? Well, it seems like we got our answer. At least in some areas, you definitely saw some growth stocks come alive. Um, definitely saw healthcare take a little bit of a backseat. And now we need to keep watch. Will this rotation kind of continue to the growth names or will it be some value still in the lead? That's what we're uh, gonna have to be thinking about. This paying is a real to.
2: tough call on on all these stocks, but the rallies are nothing short of incredible. I mean, take it to Unity for a second. Back to Unity. I sold it on Thursday, a day early, because it didn't it it goes up twenty percent. 28 percent and then tax on another 20 percent the next day joel i mean these things were way oversold so they're getting wicked wicked rallies but that thing kissed 18 in the after hours i believe on wednesday when the earnings were disappointed or was it yeah because then wednesday morning no and the after hours tuesday would be when do we get cpi wednesday wednesday right wednesday thursday friday was cpi wednesday or thursday thursday Thursday. night wednesday night Unity was down on its earnings. They didn't like the report. It kissed $18 mm-hmm. in the after hours. I won't see that on the chart. You'd be like, Dennis, what are you talking about? Tanya, $18. Joel might be able to go back far enough back on his after hours charts to see it. Can you do You'll that? You'll see it. You see that go dip back. right there. Let's just look. Yeah, let's yeah. go look. Look at that. In the 18 handle. In the 18 handle. It was down the entire session. It was the next morning with the CPI, they just decided to start buying everything. So I guess, obviously, that was your capitulation low right there. But holy cow, we have went from 18 and changed to 32 in two trading days. The stock has doubled in two trading days. You're going to come buy it now? I mean, holy macro, backwards, Batman. I mean, I don't know. Uh, may, this is the momentum traders. Maybe this thing is going to go 40, 50, 100, and it's just going to go crazy. I don't think we're in that market. I don't think we're in a V bottom. So I'm still selling reps, and I've been lightening up in the portfolio. I was at 32% cash. I think I'm back up to like 41 or something. I obviously, I sold my unity. I sold about four or five stocks out of the long-term portfolio. I probably got thirty in there. but stocks that you know, a unity was one that I was dead wrong on. I bought at twenty eight dollars on the way down, and I lightened up a little bit before the report, which obviously I shouldn't have. I sold part of it, I think at like twenty four. I don't want to go through the report. there was a couple days before it. and then you know, it ripped roared, rallied and gave me my money back on the last piece and like, I don't want to be in this, and you know, obviously, it's one of those stocks not making money. Um, mistake, obviously, day early, uh, thirty-two dollars here now. So, but I don't know. Was like, that in your so swing or long term? Like, so
0: much. Was that your swing or long term? Swing well, before I put it the, the long term. It was
2: kind of swingy though, too, Joel, because I was like, I wanted to hold that low. <laughs> and then i got stuck with it it was (laughs) in between
1: it was was in between a swing to long
0: term Uh, everything
2: you say you're not supposed to do but you break the rules for yourself but i know it was because the only thing
0: the only thing i would have said if this like somehow like you like wouldn't have looked at that 18 print like if you would have been doing something else i may have been
2: more comfortable and then yeah
0: and then it was back up at like 22 or 24. Like when you looked at it, I know you looked everything all the time, but like yeah, you're like 18. So you saw 18. So you're thinking 27, 28. That's, yeah. It's <laughs> so, exactly. So it's 10 bucks higher. You're like, huh, I, I just made 10 points. I'm like, it was
2: 18 last night.
0: It's 27. <laughs> How do I not sell it?
2: I'm like, <laughs> it just came back 50%. And we haven't even opened. I'm like, how do I not sell this? <laughs> well, why That's did you I'm get all these stocks that have just rallied so much?
1: I why did you get in this stock? Which brings
2: you to my AMD, which brings yeah. you to the AMD. And I know, you know, I bought some at 56. I tripled down at 56.
1: I tripled why down. Why do you? Why have you been taking some kind of exposure into these stocks at this time? Why? Why, why did, was I coming was into the, some of these yeah, stocks? Why was yeah. the plan there?
2: I just thought they were oversold. So, okay. and I want a little bit of exposure to growth. So I'm like looking at my portfolio. I'm like, I was sitting at at one point in time, 51% cash in the long-term retirement RSP, it's called, can like your IRA. Mm-hmm. It's only job. I can't like take that money out and go, because if I take it out, it's taxable right away. That money, all that is, is to invest. I can't go like, go like out for fancy dinner with that restaurant. I can't go buy a house with that restaurant. I can't do anything with it. All I can do is invest with it. So when you're 51% cash, you're like, I don't want to miss the boat. So I had, you know, over the course of the last few weeks, you guys know that. I was buying Marvell. I bought AMD. I bought, I bought like seven or eight stocks. Unity was one of them too. Unity was the bag of them all for sure. Um, But there was a few other ones too. And I bought some, you know, some cyclical names. Like um, I can't, I'd have to go look, but I bought like seven or eight stocks over the course last few weeks. I just thought we were sold. And I also thought with the chips, I was like, I like the bottoming pattern. Joel, that's what I was looking at with AMD. I'm like, well, we're not making new lows. Oh, here. that was so a like nice like, The market experience. wants to make new lows. Like yeah. the Qs were trying to make new lows. You had mega cap Tech getting killed. But yet AMD was holding up. Micron, which I still own, was holding up well. Um, you know, a number of these chip names were actually holding up. So you could tell, even NVIDIA, you could kind of tell that, you know, they were selling certain stocks at like the mega cap Tech, but they weren't selling the chips the last few weeks and in the, in the downturns. They weren't selling them. So it felt like it was like, a bottom had been put in in some of these names. So I felt a little safer to buy some of those names, Mitch, to answer your question. But now it's like I feel like it's a time to ring the register. I mean, you get the double upgrade today on AMD. The, the thing was $57 bucks 3 days ago. It's 75 and now you're upgrading it? I'm like, backwards, Batman. So I've sold my AMD. It's just too much too fast. I feel like I'm going to get it back. and I, I You might sold be wrong. it? All of it? Yeah, I might be wrong. Joel, I might be wrong here, but look at the move here. From fifty-six I know, I know, I know. You, did, you sold a piece of it, you sold I sold it all this time. I sold it all. I tripled down, I okay. sold it all. Um, I might be wrong, but I'm just Today? lightening
0: up. Today?
2: No, I sold it Friday, right or... into it. Seventy I sold in on Friday, oh, so okay. I'm early on that too. Okay. I've been terrible on the sales. <laughs> I'm early. I'm always early. You know I'm always early on the swings. I'm always yeah. early. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm I'm too excited, and I'm like, holy! I I
2: think like a 30 percent move in a day is a lot, and then it goes another 20 percent. I'm like, well, why did I sell it? But yeah, it was probably a mistake. Definitely a mistake. It wasn't probably a mistake. It is a mistake. The thing's up another three bucks. But (laughs) do you ever look before you do that?
0: Do you ever look at the monthlies? Do you ever look at like the month? You know, I know you look at the percentage and where you bought it and what a big move. But did you like? Do you ever like before you do it take a look at the monthlies? Or not. Yeah,
2: well, I'm always looking at the 90-day. That's what I'm looking at. I'm okay, kind of in the 90-day. Day. When I'm swing trading, right. I'm well, always 90-day. The... I never look at a tick okay. chart. I never look at like intraday charts for day trading. Uh, for my swing trading or long-term investing, I'm the 90-day. But look at the monthlies. Go ahead. Do the monthlies. Show me what you're saying on AMD. I, I mean, it's bottomed. Uh, well, I just I'm think it went too uh, much too sure. fast.
0: Yeah. Well, I just I sell well, the people that owned at one once. To go to 120, think it went down too fast. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, when you you catch these things good, right? Um, I, I usually do enter and, well You know, the yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. You enter it well. Um, and I think you see things from your trade, you know, from your day trading perspective that like kind of make moves bigger than they are, you know, because yeah. you're seeing this entry Well, yeah, this can't go any higher. What would, would you, you know, you sold AMD. Would you have shorted AMD on Friday? an overnight no, trade? No, I mean, no, I don't I think not. so. I, it's hard. But it, but I, I was looking. Let's go back it, to hindsight. The capital, this. Joel
2: is twenty twenty two though. Like I mean, we can look at <laughs> this know. and say, why did you sell it when it's seventy five? You know what I was looking at? I was looking at that seventy. I was looking at that seventy and look at that. You know, the high back on the on the ninety day or on the ninety day chart, the seventy twenty nine, October sixth. I'm like looking a stock go from sixty to seventy in you know a day basically in a day so a 20 percent move basically basically in a day it's a 20 percent move in a day basically was you know from 60 we know it was up like 16 percent the one day and then attacked on another three or four at the open and i'm like this is just too much too fast now i'm wrong i'm obviously wrong so i'm too early on it but i'd rather be too early than too late because when you're too late then you miss it and then you get stuck so I just think we've rallied so much so fast in this market on a, on a CPI data point that, to be dead honest, wasn't like, wow, you know, we're at 6% inflation. I mean, we ticked down a point. I don't think the Fed's going to lay off the gas. So I'm lightening up into it. I'm not fully okay. bearish into this, but I'm like lightening up my portfolio. Like I've got the certain portion, the ETFs I don't touch, the S&P, the SPY, the Qs, I've got all that stuff in there. But there's certain stuff in that long-term portfolio that I am swing trading and trading to a certain extent. So I, well, but I'm I'm early, you know. I've always been very good on the entries and on my swing trades. Very poor on the exits. I'll say it. I'm, I'm I get out too early. Yeah, I, I mean, leave a it, lot of money on the table.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I'm just that when I look at these, and you know, I kind of you know like say, oh, those stocks never going back to the all-time high, and you say, well, and, you know, never say never. Uh, but I look yeah. at something like AMD. that had an all-time high of 164.46, got into the 50 handle, 5803, you know, who knows if this is like a, a major turning point. But, you know, if you have a, a kind market for the re, you know remainder of the year, no tape bombs, you know, nothing coming out of the Fed, and the market continues higher, AMD is going to, you know, chug higher too. And, you know, that's, you know, that's the well, way if that you I don't? would try it. But what if you don't? What Again, if you do have goes... more
2: tape bombs? What if you do come and all of a sudden the Fed officials come out and like, uh, and they did say over the weekend there was one Fed officials was one data point. He says I think about you know a turn you know being is a little bit premature. Market ignores it. Maybe the market starts ignoring everything, but I don't think tape bomb did... season's over.
1: Uh, did you I don't I, think it's over.
2: Are you Go full ahead, on Mitch. bullish here now, Mitch? You're like we're all rah rah bullish. Like let's just upgrade everything. We're safe. We're going back to all time no. highs. Is that where you guys are at? I'm not well,
1: there. I'll, I'll bring you a comment that supports your thesis here. Um, that this could just be one data point. Federal Governor Christopher Waller saying that quit paying attention to the pace and start paying attention to where the endpoint is going to uh, going to be. Until we get inflation down, that endpoint is still ways out there. Um, That was said by Waller on Sunday. Now, I think really now what you're getting into a a mixed battle here is, do you feel that this run is going to last? I don't think this run is just a complete reopening of a new bull market, but does this uh, have some legs? Can it continue to run? Yes, I do feel it continues to run. Because now I'm starting to see from even bullish investors that I – you know, a lot of investors that I was following on Twitter and things like that that were really raw, raw, bullish got to the point where they were hesitant about the rally. That told me something that told me that they are worried about getting long on stocks and getting caught in bear market rallies. The bulls are worried about this. This so is you know what, that started- means?
0: You know what that means. That means we're going a bull- lot higher. Yes.
1: And I if, feel that if, if way. if the Joel- bulls
0: are worried. About, I feel yeah. that way.
1: Yeah, I feel and that way because they're hesitant now to put money into play. The money managers are not going to be hesitant in putting money to play. I think that money managers right now, they're like prime time to make some money before the end of the year and try to hit our numbers that we've been trying to meet for the year.
0: You know, one thing that maybe, you know, and this is just, this is so, uh, it's so fundamental. It's so off the, uh, uh, off the, um, what you're doing and what you're talking about, but like Biden going meet and meeting Chi, you know, today, I mean, you know, as Probably opposed to, yeah, I, I think, you know, like everyone's looking for tape bombs. Maybe we're, what would be the opposite of a tape bomb? Like, we're, um, we're going
1: to work together. Um, yeah.
0: what We, you know, we got to think of a term. Operations. Um, what, what are
1: we going to get? Uh, so
0: life support, life support. How about tape? <laughs> Tape teasers or something like that. Like, you know, good relations with China. Good news coming
2: uh, onto the Ru- tape to profit. Ru-
0: Russia. Higher. Russia. Uh, withdrawal. Under siege. You know, boom. Things like that. PPI comes out I think better than point, expected this year. I think week. at
1: this point, you know, you, you're thinking of what negatives can come into the market. The negatives are inflation getting higher. The negatives are maybe energy scares in Europe. Uh, bringing inflation higher. That's why I'm not full-on long-term bullish. If if I saw the situations with energy turning around completely in Europe, well, I'd kick this out the water and I'd be full-on for the bull market of, let's say, 2023. But in my eyes here, there's still energy concerns. There's still inflation concerns. So there's headwinds still there. But the big thing is, is they're above. And I feel like we have some room there to really push towards those headwinds And then those headwinds can come back in. That could be earnings revisions. That could be, of course, inflation getting higher, Uh, oil prices going higher, natural gas finally spiking after the reserves come down. I think that those are things that you can look for, for signs of concern. But right now, I still think we're climbing the wall of worry and we got momentum.
2: We do. There's no doubt we have that. Nobody knows. Like, we'll go back to it. I don't know. If I knew, I'd have all the money in the world. Nobody knows anything. You're making logical guess. My stock goes up 30% in a day. I sell it. There's I'm nothing like, wrong pigs, with you that. Know, what's the Kramer's There's name? nothing wrong with you that. You know, the pigs I mean, get slaughtered. Yeah, yeah, I mean. 30% a one... day is incredible. My stock goes up 30% in a day. I sell it. I've, made, you know, I've, I've not made a lot of money buying stocks up 30% in 2022. But you know what? Every time they went up 30% in 2022, when I look back a month later, they've usually been pretty good sales. And I I think that's a great approach,
1: Dennis, because like I've been doing the same. I've been trying to more rent these stocks up and sell the profits, not trying to keep it because I don't think that this is the complete bottom, but I am going to be trying to make the money on the upside moves like Amazon on Friday, Microsoft on Friday. I felt those were really nice moves to play towards the upside, was able to play Amazon into the 100 handle. Um, and that wasn't a bad move at all. I felt that 100 would act as a little bit of resistance. We got through it, and I sold out of the trade. And my idea here is to continue playing the momentum until it turns.
2: 110 bucks is where I, you know I think Amazon has room to. I'm telling you, if it goes to 110 dollars in the next two days, and it was 85, dollars goes to 110, I will sell Amazon too. Me too. So, but, but I think at that point, point
1: you you ride it I up, sell right? it up
2: i sell rips and i buy dips hey, so ankle. we get a huge dip if amd pulls back like 62 dollars, i'll probably reload it but i'm not chasing here i don't think you know it would have been the play to chase on friday we were even questioning i never chased but i was like to chase or not to chase that was the question we posed on friday uh, mm-hmm. taking it from shakespeare and it was you know the and that was the total thing is you had to buy that early morning dip on friday It gave it to you for like literally 10 10 seconds Ten minutes. Like
0: 10 minutes. 10 minutes.
2: And then they ripped them higher again because all the money managers that are caught. They're still caught. There's still money that wants in there. The the short-term momentum is still higher. There's no doubt about it. But it turns so quickly, you know, on one headline from something that I don't want to get caught in that. Um, And the reason, too, is NVIDIA reports on Wednesday. I don't want to take AMD through NVIDIA because what if NVIDIA drops a bomb again? I don't know if they're going to, but what if they did? So that's why I'm nervous about that. And I see a move. It was a big move. It's a bigger move here today. But I'm not coming in and buying AMD today at 75 with these two analysts that I couldn't make a call three weeks ago. When, when it the was stock down there. Was clearly bottoming. They're late to the party. A fatal. So right.
0: real, real quickly, just, just to put everything in perspective tough. here, because you can always look left. And I'm you know whether it's AMD or whatever, I'm gonna look right on this SP chart here, the the upper right chart. That yep. it got the area that I thought was ma- really a major resistance. And this is called SP Futures 3930, right? Okay. It got through there, it's closed above there two days in a row. On Friday, I was hoping for it to come back down to this area, right? Old resistance new support. It didn't. I think as long as you hold this area, and now we're, we're 60 handles away from it, so it's even farther away, I just think we got to decide what the, the significance of this bar here. The significance of that bar was the September uh, CPI that actually was the August reading, right? They took us down, we paused for two days, and then they took us down more. So here they took us up, let's see if they take us up again and then the continuation move. I'm not saying we're going to 4172, but I'm just saying we ho- we're we in a there's holding pattern. to there. Yeah. Yeah,
2: there's room to there. Yeah. And and but, maybe we do. And Maybe we should hold for the next 200 S&P handles. It's probably a good idea to hold some stocks. I'm not short the market. I'm still 60% long the market. You know, that's one thing, like, we can look, you know, and you got to analyze your own situation, right? You know, I always fluctuate my long-term portfolio. I feel like between, like, you know, while certain cases with COVID, I was actually almost 100% cash before the COVID because you could kind of see that coming from a mile away two years ago. It's the only time I put my basically all of my money in cash and bought puts. But, you know, most of the time I'm somewhere between like 20% cash. I'm never 100% all in on the long term portfolio. I'm working the cash and the cash isn't a bad asset right now. I'm five and, I have 5% of my cash. I, I tie it up in short term. So it's not uh, like I'm making nothing. Uh, I'll tell
1: you how I'm feeling here now. I think what we need to kind of understand is coming to an understanding of what you think about growth and value. In my eyes here, I think it's I'm going to be renting growth, but probably buying value and holding value. There you go. And so that's kind of my approach here. So renting the growth momentum up. I don't mind riding that wave. But at the same time, I know that that wave can turn. Now the value wave seems to be like a more sticky type of wave that could last longer into like a new style play. So in there, maybe we're looking at like an earning stock today, Tyson food, get your chicken, right? Well, let's take a look there at Tyson's Foods earnings here. EPS at $1.63, missing the $1. seventy-three estimate. Sales at $13.74 billion, beating the $13.49 billion estimate. Tyson sees full year 23 sales at $55 billion to $57 billion on the high end versus their $53.61 billion estimate. So lowering their full year 23 sales.
2: And it's up. So, I mean, we are in this market where... You know, bad news is now being rewarded too. more to Joel's thesis that the path of least resistance is probably higher in the short term. I liked what Money Mitch just said, just taking it back there to (laughs) renting growth in the short term, but buying value in the long term. I'm the same page here right now. I'm not coming in here and telling you to short AMD at 75 bucks. But I'm telling you is I'm bringing the register on some of my longs. Mm -hmm. and I'll play the momentum, I'll continue to play the momentum, you know, from, I had a pretty good day on Friday, I mean, and what I was doing was in the day trading account, the short-term account, I was playing some of those growth names, and I was, you know, making some money off of that stuff, so, I mean, that's all trading is, is identifying the momentum, so short-term, the dip probably gets bought today, just like it did on Friday, I mean, there's money managers that are in trouble, there's no tape bomb happening today, you know, at least not in the morning, not yet, so, I'm at a point where I got to think, yeah, well, you know, and tape bombs can happen anytime, uh, But, you know, it's, you know, and, and with Biden going to meet Xi, you know, that sounds pretty good, too. So I think short term, renting growth to upside isn't a bad idea. Is AMD my stock today? Probably not. But just got to be careful with the rug pull, too, because these stocks are not all of a sudden on bases anymore, Joel. It's not like we're so let's just say, hypothetically, you go along with these two analysts. We'll take it back to AMD because Tyson's boring. Take it back to AMD. I just want to say, just say
0: 69 is huge. Yeah, you watch guys, for 69. Keep, yeah, keep an eye on 69. Go okay, ahead,
2: Tyson, but take it back to AMD. You guys are rah rah bullish. I buy AMD at 74.90, think it's going to 80. Where's my out? Where do I say the trade's not working here? Where do I say, okay, I'm out because this trade's not working? Where is my defined risk on this AMD? Things? 72.37 or
0: below the close. You're getting stopped
2: out all day. Okay. you get stopped out on everything when you're that close in this market. There'll be some rug pull. Oh my goodness, they're fading the downgrades. It'll come to 72.35, and then it's at 78, and you're like, what happened? So I think you need to have better setups than just coming Mm -hmm. and chasing something here. If you're long AMD, congratulations, my target would be 80 at this point in time. But if you're looking to buy it now, I don't know how you control the risk. I don't uh, know. It's just all air below it. Sure. So the S&Ps as well. I mean, same thing. I, I, it's tough to control the risk 100%. from a trading perspective here.
1: Definitely, because you don't have a, a true support to go on. You would have to go like Nothing Joel said, was. and you would used to use the low to go off of the move, the recent low. Um, what I see here on the daily chart is a three white shoulder candlestick pattern. Um, so what does that mean? That's usually a turnaround of re- reversal style action and then seeing three green candles close. Usually these green candles go into each other's body and then close higher. So you still get, of course, the higher lows, but also the candles breaking into each other's price action on the prior day. So I would be looking for this similar pattern to continue and closing the the pattern here of the three white soldiers. Um, You guys can look about that pattern. Of course, it's up to you if you guys like technicals, but that's the way that I see the AMD chart.
2: All right, let's keep going. Uh, we can I, go te- t- I was just texting with my wife on the snow day. <laughs> what about
1: a growth stock here like Monday reporting news here? Uh, they got their earnings to report here. EPS at five cents, not comparable to their 54 cent loss estimate sales at 136.9 million beating the 130.4 million estimate
2: they're buying all this stuff right now to your point mitch renting the growth i mean right now it doesn't matter if you're going to report bad earnings report it this morning i don't know if monday was bad or not but i'm they're just buying stuff growthy they're right there mitch you've clearly identified and very perfectly that the momentum to the upside you too joel is that its growth has got the momentum right I mean, as much as it was hated three trading days ago, and everybody was selling growth hand over fist, it's those stocks that everybody's like, oh my gosh, I've sold the low, and now I've got to come back in and get in." So I mean, Monday's up 17 points here right now. I know if you look at your ticker, you're like, what are you talking about, Dennis? It's only up five. No, it's a bad tick. It's at 112.25 bid right now, trading up 17 points right now. I don't make any money chip buying stocks up 17 points, so I would ring the register on it, but that's where the stocks are right now. Growth is hot. If you're not making money,
0: you're hot right now. All right. This is uh, this one's setting up very, very easy for resistance, and I, as far as where to buy it, you have to tune into your shorter-term charts. But uh, you got a surge to 121.27, right? And then you got your dailies. You got a pair of highs, 2131 and 2168. Now you've backed off eight bucks. So that's a five star, six star, seven star. If uh you know it better get back up that area. You could probably find some other intermediate levels. But I think that that's going to be a tough level going forward. Uh, to bind in a pullback, I have no idea. The top of yesterday's range is 98.98. Uh, and unless the market completely falls apart today, I don't think you would be seeing at that. But keep an eye. Pre-market high coincides with two other daily highs.
1: All right. Let's go ahead. Let's go. I, I said it last week. I was somewhere. I could hear her in the far distance. Deflation deflation well oh, she, she came smart. out this weekend and gave a big thread uh words from kathy woods let's get into that
2: she's if gonna in... be right eventually we're gonna have prices <laughs> she's come smart right. she's smart she stays enough. on it she stays on oh, it yeah. she's consistent she was deflation when her etf was 170 so she's yeah, gonna let's... stick with that she's never gonna change her tune so let's give that's her uh,
1: her comments here if inflation is unwinding as we believe then we could be heading back To the future, the roaring 20s, the last time several general purpose technologies evolved at the same time. We had the telephone, electricity, and the internal combustion energy. The setup is remarkably similar. Speaking to this time, Uh, she also said that if the Fed does not pivot, the setup will be more like 1929. The Fed raises rates in 1929 to financial speculation, then in 1930, the Congress past uh, Smoot-Hogley putting 50% tariffs on more than 20,000 goods and pushing the global economy into Great Depression. So she sees us either going into the Great Depression or the Roaring Twenties. What side are you guys on, chat?
2: (laughs) Anyways, everything she says, I just ignore for the most part. But I didn't ignore this on the weekend. I actually tweeted at her on there. I was like, well, what if it's a different scenario? But whatever. I'll tell you, ARK has momentum. I see room to 45. So, Kathy, if you're listening, hey, look, we're renting you for a little bit here. I think on pullbacks, ARK is full of these growthy names that are hot right now. I don't know when the rug pull comes as a problem, but you did have, you know, the Gil Morales undercut and rally right here. Boom. Uh, from 32 to 40, it's a big move. Your stock's up eight. You know, you're talking about 20% move or ETF in two days. So, huge move, too. I think there's room to 45. I think there's room to 45, but I think it's going to, I don't think it's as clear a sled, and, and we're just going to continue to buy these growth names. We're all going to have V bottom, and Kathy's going to be $170 next year. I don't think, I think people are, all those people are burned. The illogical investors are out of the market, or they've been hammered out of the market, and a lot of them aren't coming back. I don't think we're going to get to Silly Town here for a long time again. It took 20 years for us to go Silly Town from 2002 to, to 2021, really 18 years. So I think that generation of investors that tried to come to this market will be laying off for a while. Uh, crypto is still not you know, recovered at all. So I'm, I am I, think you could rent, Kathy, but I wouldn't go long-term on her.
0: I keep a close eye on 41, 41.10, 41.20. I know, Dennis, you see room up to 45 on this. The reason I say that is because of the high last week was uh, 40.93. You got another high here at 40.97 a high just under that and a lot of things just like a good general tip like let's say you're playing that you know iron from the long side you have a strong day on friday and this applies to the market the overall market too if you get file through you know you have a strong week and then you get through that high from that week you're off to the races. That's the same thing that I'm looking for in the S and P's. If we can clear that 0975, but uh, we've won a couple minutes late here. And uh, Mitch, you want to roll the intro for Tim Quas from Market Heck yeah. Structure? let's go Edge. ahead. Let's, let's find roll out that
1: intro. If this market has some legs.
3: Tim Quas joining us. <laughs> from, uh, you still in Charleston? I am ha- uh, happy. Happy Monday to you, Money Mitch. Uh, yes, we're in a little in Charleston. bit of
1: that rain. I in. can we kick that out already? Come on! It's
3: the there isn't a cloud in the sky here in Charleston. We, That's it's, what I uh, love to hear. Be- beautiful, blue, cr- crisp, and you're in North Carolina, isn't that right, Mitch? Yes, Is that where you are. Yes. So we were we were in North Carolina over the weekend. We were nice. we were uh, and on Friday we were in in Raleigh, Durham. Ah, oh, I like and, that. And uh, it was eighty degrees, right? It was probably the same for you. Can't go wrong. <laughs> it, it's uh, no. The weather in the South has been okay.
1: Uh, now that's why the,
3: we're here. The market I
1: mean, last week, crazy week, starting from the crypto to the CPI report. To it seems like we have ourselves a rally. Talk some sense into us, or maybe talk some data to us. Uh, <laughs> let us know, Tim. What do we see out there?
3: Well, so there there's a bunch in that that statement you made, Mitch. Yeah. So uh, first let's take just the the big rally for equities. And yeah. you know, why would the why would Nasdaq stocks go up 7% on a uh, on on the Really, a lot of that rally occurred before the market opened. Almost all of it. Call it Eighty percent of the rally occurred before the market opened. In it did. Futures. Yeah. So yeah. hard, hard, <clears throat> hard for all of us to capture that. There were some great opportunities, and and I I think we we all took advantage of those. I certainly did. Uh, but to me, Mitch, when the market rallies because the rate of of in, the increase in prices declines a little bit. Uh, from 8.3 percent to 7.7 percent, I realized the implication, and, and clearly people were betting on. Well, now maybe the Fed will do things differently. It's unfortunate that we have a market that is so dependent on what central banks do. But that you know, this is something for traders to keep in mind that when uh, when markets move irrationally, particularly in periods where we can look at the economic data and the jobs data and see that there's general deterioration. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, earnings uh, if earnings year over year are down 5%. They're not up, they're down. And uh, you can look at the scroll on CNBC and see all the layoffs. Uh, we know that economic conditions haven't even manifested in the markets yet, nor have they manifested really in in uh, the, the data that we measure. So when you see a big rally in the markets, traders, be very careful about that. Rallies during periods of of contraction in money flows and contractions in economic signals are driven by arbitrage. And arbitrage is a jargon term, but all you have to know is it means that you're that people are trading the same things at different prices. That's all arbitrage means. And and unless and until economic conditions change, one should be very aware that that is what's what it, what's occurring, uh, and it happens in any market where uh, trading things at different prices, like cryptocurrencies, and we could talk about that a little bit. Uh, 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 the, Let's go where, there, where the Tim. Let's go there. For the go fundamentals go don't support the act, uh, the activity. So, so I'm not a, you know, I'm not purporting to be any expert in, in cryptocurrencies. I, you know, that's not my area of expertise. I am, I am very familiar with economics, monetary policy, and market structure. And so, so here's how I think about this. Uh, the, the prices of commodities are driven by the consumption of the commodities the prices of real estate are driven by the consumption of real estate, supply and demand, right? Supply and demand. There are other factors, yes. Uh, the consumption of equities are driven by the output of the underlying businesses. So what drives cryptocurrencies? What drives currencies? It isn't the consumption of the product. It is its capacity to serve as a medium of exchange. And so when cr- when cryptocurrencies soar in value, but there is no consumption of an associated product, you know that it's a supply-demand difference. And when demand increases, it will at some point peak, and then demand will fall and prices will come down. It's the very same thing we use in, in Edge. So I think to for peop, the, the mistake people make with cryptocurrencies is supposing that it is an asset class that will be predicated on underlying consumption. No, it's it's meant to be. A medium of exchange, a way to get away from the money monopoly that central banks have. And so if you treat them that way, I think that they have a place and merit. But to suppose that they're going to behave like an asset class that you invest in is misunderstanding how they function. That's my view. Uh, And so because of that, during I have not bought, I have not traded cryptocurrencies because they're behaving like an asset class and they're not an asset class, they're a medium of exchange. Once they behave like a medium of exchange, then I'll be comfortable. And unless and until that happens, I'm not.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Definitely. Let's get what into about the discussion. overall
0: fallout from this. Just going into that we'll finish up on this. What about the you know the overall fallout? Have we have we already seen it as far as you know companies that have exposure to it or or do you think it's just something that's just getting going? I
3: don't know, Joel. Okay. I, you know, it's <laughs> all I no can say knows. is is we will find out. One good thing I'll tell you: one good thing here about cryptocurrencies, and it does prove the potential benefit that cryptocurrencies offer, is it could isolate itself from other things. You know, the problem with the global economy and having central banks that uh, have, have an effect like we saw on Thursday. Oh, they might only raise 50 basis points. So then the Dow Jones industrials goes up, go up to 1200 points is that everything is interconnected. There's no place to transfer a crisis when a central bank that depends on the underlying economy is the one determining whether a crisis exists or not. The beautiful thing about cryptocurrencies is they're disconnected from everything else and they don't have to ripple through equities and bonds and commodities and real estate and art and cars and everything else. So that's how it should work. To me, that's how economics should work. In the 19th century, a collapse in railroads didn't affect the cattle industry. Today, because of central banks, everything is affected. the, the, The failures and successes of everything are imputed to everything else, and it's a major problem because when a problem becomes so large that it can't be transferred anyplace, what do we do? We all suffer. This is my concern about what yet comes. Uh, so we'll see. I'm not, that's not a, I'm not being dour. I'm saying I'm being clear-eyed. I try to always be clear-eyed about things. And in the midst of that, traders, there are always things to trade. You can see what is being arbitraged and what is not, and you can take advantage of it, but you should always be aware that uh, the, the you know th- you have to be a wise and prudent observer of what is occurring.
2: So, jump into where you're seeing the money flow. Obviously, the money flow went into everything in the last two days, but where do you feel like it's safe to continue to be? Because, like, I was lightening up into this because I just thought it's silly town Friday where with so many moves, huge moves, and some of these beaten down names, I was like, man, it's just almost too much too fast. Do you feel follow through in certain sectors, though? Like, I know value had a rough, like, so the drugs were down on Friday. I mean, some of the drug stocks that have had nonstop momentum. We're down on Friday. And I'm like, I look at that and thinking, well, maybe I want to move some
3: money there. I th- agree uh, that, you know, things that didn't move weren't part of the arbitrage basket, so to speak, and they may offer opportunity. Uh, I will, you know, Joel, you said early on here, what's the supply demand equation look like? Here's broad, and I want to get to this, Dennis, uh, you know, uh, we got a little time to look at things. Here is supply and demand. I'll look at Cardinal Health as an example of what you're talking about, Dennis, but here is yeah. the demand side of the coin. So it has been coming down. off of a peak. And then we have this extraordinary rally. So number one, when the market moves in a fashion that does not reflect overall demand, we know where it is. It is in derivatives. And it goes back to what I was saying, trading the same things at different prices. The reason that the market moves dramatically in the pre-market is because of derivatives. The the futures contracts are at a right but not an obligation. And when they move at at points where the rest of us really have a difficult time taking advantage of that, we know that it's derivatives and they're very fleeting. It's a very dangerous thing. But the the good news is that the supply side also dropped. So if supply goes down and demand does arrive, then we could have a carry through for a bit. And I would point out we had the same thing back in July and August. I'm going to back up about six months and look at this. By the way, if you've never seen this, I'm looking at SPY, a proxy for the S&P 500, and th- then using an algorithm that meters buying and selling by investors and traders on a 10-point scale to understand demand and then supply. A short volume, short volume is the supply chain of the stock market. It's borrowed equity. So here's what happened back here in July and August. We had a very long top. So it peaked, came down, peaked again, but it was right into options expirations. And then we collapsed. I'm not saying the same thing is going to happen here, but I expect that we will have a peak, a shallow bottom. We will peak again and options expire this week. Now, I don't know (laughs) what is going to happen. I know that if it's derivatives, that there is a risk that we could bottom and start to rise and the bottom could fall out. Uh, again, I'm not saying it's, that's gonna happen because the supply side doesn't show it, but the supply side doesn't always show it. It shows what well, w- what you look for is the reaction. If we have a down day, a meaningful down day between Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, that's when options expire. New options will trade next Monday, week from today. Uh, so if we have a down day and the supply side rises, I'll be concerned, but I just use the data. I don't try to, to, and what we're expert at is short-term supply and demand. When I look at this, there are things I'm gonna trade, but I'm also going to be very wary of November expirations because I believe that this rally was driven by derivatives and borrowed money. And that means somebody won and somebody lost, and they're gonna have to square the books. And I think it's gonna happen sometime between Wednesday and Monday. I don't know. I could be wrong, but this is what I expect. And so I'm going to be careful around it. Again, I'm going to trade. I was all cash by the end of the day Friday. I had a very good week again. Now I will look at things again and trade them, but I'm going to be very cautious Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, Cardinal health. But I'll pause there while I look up cardinal health. What do you guys think about that?
2: I'm thinking this is an opportunity in some of these like names, the value Mm -hmm. names that everybody wanted three days ago. Maybe this is the turn and we've turned and it it might be, Uh, but I think if you didn't have any of these value names in your portfolio and you were all full of growth and I have so many people, Tim, that reach out to me like, You know, what? it's always the same stocks are asking about what do you think of the trade Uh, desk? uh, What do you think of, you know, ARKK? What do you think of Unity? What do you think of, you know, all these beat up growth names are all in those. If you're like in a portfolio with all of these growth names and then some of these rallied 30, 40, 50 percent in two days, (sighs) what a great opportunity. Yeah. To take some of the chips off the table, of some of these beaten down names, and buy some of these value names like Bristol Myers that just Let's fell. Full that. disclosure: I'm long Bristol Myers that just fell from yeah. eighty dollars down to seventy five in a single day because of rotation. Bristol yeah. Myers didn't even say anything. You know, you have got UNH, Johnson and Johnson getting the beat up. I am long some of these stocks short term, yep. so I am I am trading around these positions, but I'm just saying. I think there's an opportunity here. Maybe this is the you know the start of a real sell-off for these names, but none of these names were really expensive to begin with. So are they gonna knock Merck down to eighty five dollars again? Maybe, but maybe, you know, if you're you know, if, if you're if you're all in on these, it's a different story. But if you're all in on growth, there's some opportunities here where
3: some of these value names actually got hit on Friday. <clears throat> right so i i'll i'll answer this way so here's cardinal health I'm, i look at cardinal health and it's a it's a it's a it's i wouldn't call it a bellwether but it is an exemplar of a value trade and how do i know because it spends most of its time at or above five this is 30 straight trading days it doesn't do uh what the growth names do bounce to 10 drop to one bounce to 10 drop to one those are very you got to be very careful with those kind of trades Uh, This tells me that the the money has not moved away from these kind of stocks. So if demand is rising and price has come down for Cardinal Health and supply is falling, the trend line is down and it's below trend, there is a very high probability of producing returns in that stock. And I think the same would be true for BMY. And we can, you know, I mentioned the number. Look, I'm the the same. I was making money in things like Halliburton, Nike. Uh, you know, there were great moves. I mentioned those on Monday. They were, they were great stocks to to own, and uh, I don't have a lot of risk in those. They don't, you know, if I prefer to, as I always say, take gains, not chances. Here's Bristol-Myers Squibb. Demand peaked on Thursday. But look at this enormous supply deficit. What is the probability that Bristol-Myers Squibb produces additional returns? Almost a number approaching 100%. Because look at how strong demand has been. Again, it's very similar to Cardinal Health. That's, this, is an, this is a great, you know, do I buy this? Not often. I don't buy really strong demand like this, but I look at this equation and say for a longer window, uh, this is a very good stock to own for that reason. I mean, you're, you're, the likelihood that you produce gains no matter what the market does is very high. And that's the challenge with growth names. When they fall apart, it's violent. And when they go up, it's violent because this is not it's not a long term committed kind of investment behavior. It is arbitrage. And and look, folks, you know, you look at the I'll go back to the scroll. A lot of those come, you know, a lot of the covid cash went into tech plays. It's what what created the urge for Facebook meta to go finance the metaverse in, uh, uh, endeavor. But that ca- cash dried right up. And so th- I, it's going to be a while before you can look at those and see this kind of supply-demand equation. Very strong demand, uh, re- repeating supply deficits. Much, I with you, Dennis. I think so too.
1: Uh, All right. We'll definitely be looking to see what happens later in the week. I myself am in the same kind of camp. I think we have a little bit of run and then we could see a turnaround. Now, one area that I've been seeing just keep sneaking, getting on up is industrials. Do you have anything on industrials?
3: Maybe like the bigger ones? Well, it's funny. In the Benzinga, I forgot to change the date. It should be November, November 14, not November 7. Uh, let me show you. So notice, very strong demand, falling supply. That's what I always look for. Uh, the, so in that group is a, is a great example of the stocks you've been talking about, uh, Mitch, the, the industrial group. So here's the, here's the stuff that I think looks good. GE is one of those. It's a 10 with falling supply. Uh, so there's an industrials I like. I still like Halliburton, NXPI, believe it or not. Great stock uh, to to trade. And it's in tech, yes, but it has different supply-demand uh, characteristics. KKR, you know, that's a, it's a volatile stock. All of these stocks see this. They move a fair amount. Um, uh, Macau, um, Maca, how do you say it? Mercado Libre. I mean, it's an Argentinian Mercado company, but I, but I look at that and say, well, you know, all of these things have... The potential to deliver these kind of gains. And that's what I always look for. I like to trade the volatility of stocks. So if they're down, you know, if Halliburton's down a little bit today, I can, there's a three, you know, I have a 3.6% chance roughly of, of produ- uh, that's the gain I'm after. That's how much it moves intraday between high and low prices on average. So if it's down half or more of that, and I know that the supply-demand equation says that it's likely to rise, that's a very good low-risk kind of trade. I like to do those things. And uh, why? Because they produce returns at very limited risk. But a uh, long-winded answer, yeah, there's an industrials in here. And I'm not sure I would trade the sector per se. I just look for supply-demand balances in stocks that are, that are liquid, and are likely to produce returns.
1: All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Tim Quas, Market Structure Edge. You guys can check out this data yourself. Definitely go to marketstructureedge.com. I'll make sure that we include that in the chat here. I already threw up the link once, but we'll throw it back up. And I will give you a shout out for the run. Yes, last week. That was a good <gasps> right. one. Eventually ended run? up yeah. running up. Not a bad one there. Uh, got a big push eventually in solar stocks. We'll see if those solar stocks can continue. Like always, you guys can keep up with Tim Quas also on Twitter. He does have a Twitter handle. You guys can add him and Market Structure Ed. You'll find it in the description below. And we'll see you next time, Tim. Always Good to
3: see you guys. Have a great week.
1: All right. Let's go ahead. Let's get a look into the market. How are we looking, Joel? On the mute trick.
2: It's just
0: heard. a a little bit of a leak, yeah. A there's bit. nothing, you know. We're not going down. This has actually been one of the the quietest uh, fifteen minutes, half hour that we've had in the spooze and uh, during the show. And it just feels that there's there's uh, there's aggressive offers out there, you know. And, you know, after the uh, you know the close over four K, uh, we had the lower open. We haven't seen. We haven't seen that closing price yet, um, so that makes you know lean into the sell side. Pre-market high ninety-six fifty is uh, a ways away from that close. So right now, you know, the sellers are out there; they're not being super aggressive, and the buyers are like, ha, I'm not stepping up big time here. So that's what it feels like uh, at eight fifty-seven. We'll Here's
2: have to see problem. what happens okay go ahead here's the problem like in people you know shouting out like an AMC today you know oh, AMC is having a good day and we know yeah. Joel you called this perfectly last time the, the 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 literally the day that they start buying up the real trash mm-hmm. that's usually the turning point for the rally too it happened when was that about three weeks ago remember we had that or four yeah, weeks ago remember we had the rally in the market and then they started <laughs> buying up GME that one day. we can grab <laughs> it, GME. it GME the one yeah, day it was GME October 31st, and if we go back, you know, we had like at the, the S&Ps rallying October 31st and it turned the whole market, and yeah. GME gave it back that day. Now you have seen AMC. Oh, yeah, they're starting to jump in. But <laughs> case in point, here's the problem. Bed, Bath & Beyond, wow. you think, oh, yeah, Bed, Bath & Beyond, you know, that's going to probably go here too because AMC is gone. So people may be playing that this morning. I haven't seen a chart. But Bed, Bath & Beyond, all of a sudden, you know what they do? They're oh, getting their stock up a little bit. It's shoving offering down their throats. I mean, this is what happens in this market with the trashy stocks is when their stocks rally and they need more cash, what a great opportunity to all of a sudden raise some cash. So I'm not sure why you're Bed Bath & Beyond. Use the pre-market charts top left. It's not reflecting the new price, but it's getting the beats here, right? Oh, now I will. Because five yeah, minutes ago, it. they announced an offering here. So I mean, if you come out, not five Ooh. minutes ago, 836, so 20 minutes ago. Felt like five minutes ago because oh this boy market is, there you go there you go this is what's good this is what happens with you know and you can see bed bath and beyond before that was moving up on the amc like oh here we go amc gme Bed Bath beyond. yeah yeah yeah. And yeah then they pull the rug out from under you by sticking an offering down yourself so i mean this is the the problem with buying the trashy stock is they all need cash they're all burning cash they see their stock prices going up and they're like okay Let's raise some cash. You'll see more offerings into some of these. So you are at a risk. If you're in a stock that is in a cash burn situation and you're along those things, you're always at a risk when the stock prices start going higher because they time those You know those offerings. And they need to raise money. They're looking at the equity prices and they start to, to go up a little bit. That's when they strike to sell more stock. Bed Bath Beyond didn't go up much, but you know it did rally from $3.50 up to over $4 this morning. Now the offering comes out it's going to knock it right back down i do think a stock you know some of these are, I mean, could get bought but you've just got to be aware that when you're just buying nosebleed names that when the stock prices rally they do do secondary offerings so be careful of that
0: all right
1: let's get really quickly.
0: Uh, there then. we go uh, i'm surprised they're doing it at this low of a price too yeah you know they, they think they really can't get a higher
2: price they obviously don't think they can get a higher price so i didn't yeah. read the details wow. of the offering it's senior notes private negotiated senior notes concurrent private placement of a common stock with several institutional holders so, sounds like dilution to me i haven't read it but i know obviously the market sure ask asking questions later but sure sounds like a dilutive uh, a note there obviously we're doing the show live so i don't have time i'm just reading the headline but This is, you know, obviously, they thought the stock was going to go six, seven, eight bucks. You wouldn't do this, but maybe they're thinking, well, we need the money now, you know, and obviously, Bed Bath Beyond is not a cash burn situation. Stock that's in a world of hurt. Just be careful with the stocks you're in right now because some of these stocks are like 20, 30, 40%. Maybe Bed Bath Beyond didn't. There will be management looking and saying, hey, we're going to raise some money. Let's do it now. All right,
1: I'm going to sneak out of here. Uh,
0: I'm gonna sneak out of here. We gotta uh, tight range, 20 point range. You know, you know that's not gonna that that's not gonna hold up. Uh for the bull scenario to work out today, you gotta take out the pre-market high, boom. You gotta take out the close, and then Friday's high is only 17 handles away. And so you would get the Friday, Monday follow through. Um, on the downside, I mean, I'll, I'll still be trying to lean bullish until we take out that pre-market low of 39.77, and then below that is Friday's low at 39.51. So just uh, digestion day here. The battle for 4,000 goes on. So I'm going to go uh, cover some more tickers at uh, pre-market prep plus, and um, I'll check in with you guys later on. Everyone have a good day
1: all right joel's getting out of here we'll definitely keep up with him and you guys can keep up with him on premarketprep.com check it out guys check out premarketprep plus all right let's take a look into this market what are we gonna do today dennis it seems like it's gonna be a fun Uh, one
2: i think the dip gets bought again because why not why not the money managers are stuck i think they're gonna buy the dip on some of these tech stocks we start with a little dip here this morning Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably coming and buy the dip i don't know if it holds at a certain point you're gonna have you don't stocks just don't go up in a straight line just as they don't go down in a straight line at cer- a certain point you're gonna have a rug pull in the unity it's went from 21 18 after hours to 32 50 and basically a straight line straight up i mean there was little pullbacks in there but i mean some wicked rallies like 27 to 32 with no pullbacks at all so you know it probably has a little bit more follow-through i don't know where it's tossed so maybe you're looking at, like a 35 36 area. But eventually there's a rug pull on some of these names too. As much as they were oversold three days ago, a lot of these names are overbought now. So yeah. I think on dips, on serious dips, I'm looking to maybe reload, not a unity, but re- reload some of these names. I do like the idea of the value names I um, that were beat up here. Some of these stocks that really um, have been running and you know been benefiting actually from the bear market um, are really getting beat up, I think almost undeservedly on some of these names. So some of the drugs, looking at those i don't know about a cardinal health but if some of these pull back enough there is some value in some of these names
1: what about a stock like target i've been keeping a watch on this slowly starting to make its move up towards the gap zone
2: yeah i'd probably sell it up here now it's just moved too far too fast so they do report walmart reports target reports wednesday so you could get that pre-earnings run but we kind of already had it so if, you know, the, the are all of a sudden come up for some of these companies, too, and we didn't even talk about earnings, you know, this week. So just quickly, you can show the earnings calendar if you want, Mitch, while we talk about it. Tuesday, Walmart, Home Depot. Wednesday, NVIDIA, Cisco, Target, Lowe's, uh, TJX as well. Thursday, we're going to hear from Applied Materials. I believe Alibaba is reporting, too. They screw up the dates on that one sometimes, So Palo Alto Networks, Macy's, JD and Foot Locker on Friday. Williams-Sonoma also on Thursday. So we're coming into what is called retail earnings season. And yeah. some of these names have had a really good couple of days. So if I was long these, would I want to hold them through earnings? Probably not, because the bar all of a sudden come up a little bit, and I don't want to take that risk. And all of a sudden, you know, you you just had a good trade turn bad because of a, a of a lousy print. So I think as much as you know, I'd like to say, yeah, you know, let's you know, some of these names and some of the retail names have lower PEs, so they kind of fit the bill. They're also not recession proof, so. I'm still not convinced that we're not going into a recession. Maybe we're going to actually navigate the soft landing. We can see out there the recession really isn't prevalent yet. But I still think like for inflation to seriously tick down, this market's going to, the economy is going to have to have some struggles.
1: Like always, team, hit the like. If you guys enjoyed today's show right here on Pre-Market Prep, have a good one, Dennis. We'll definitely have you back tomorrow. Let's go do what we do best. Let's get into the trading action. All right, have a good one, Dennis. Let's get you over now to Benzinga TV, where we got live trading. Of course, Benzinga Live and also Stock Market Movers. Another thing that we're going to be playing today, if you guys are interested in learning a little bit of ways that you guys can really start getting some tax advantages. What do I mean by that? Well, today at 11 a.m., well, actually right before that, it's going to be closer towards 10.50 a.m. So 10.50 a.m., what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a webinar that we did with a tax specialist. It was really good. I'll tell you, team, there's not many times that I tune in for a tax webinar, but I even got something out of this. So if you guys want to tune in for that, that's going to be right here on Benzinga. 10 45 a.m eastern join live trading and then we'll be swinging over into that tax prep especially if you're looking to try to get some advantages right especially live traders out there if you're active this is the place where you want to be to get an advantage in your taxes come tune in that's going to be right up next don't go anywhere team right here on benzinga all day that's all you need to be and i'll see you guys over in live trading action let's see if we can make some money Let's see if this rally wants to continue. Is it growth? Is it value? Is it both? Or will things turn around? Let's find out.